Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our Low Effort, Low Quality podcast. I'm Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hello, everyone. And today we're talking about, uh, among other things, how nobody has any procedural commitments. And we're going to describe what that means. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We use that term a lot. We use the term procedural commitments and procedural ethics. And people ask me what it means a lot. And it's like this term is developed inside of our marriage. Interestingly, the only other people who use it are people who write about video games. Did you know that? No. People who use the term procedural ethics write about video games. What's, what is it in the video game context? I don't know. I didn't read their papers. Is it like the process of, of game, how you win the game, games? Gameplay, I guess. Gameplay. Yeah. So process is another name for gameplay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Gameplay ethics. Make sure you don't like, are you killing people in the game or what's, what's right or wrong doing, in the game universe? Doing TKs. What's that? You don't know what? No, that's like, it's when you kill your own dudes. Oh, the team kill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do the abbreviations. <coughs> Why not? Did you? I just don't. <clears throat> do you ever play games? Yeah, when I was a teenager, you know, before my video game console broke, I would play video games. Um, what would you play? I played Madden and I played a SOCOM uh, third-person shooter. Um, those were really the only two games I ever played. That's it? Yes. Okay. I don't think I ever really played any video games. I like to watch people play video games if they have a good story. I don't like watching. I mean, no, I really don't. I guess if you're if you're friends with someone, it can be fun. Yeah, yeah. my brother plays a lot of video games. You know John. Yeah. I used to watch him play a lot of video games. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be fun, again, as more of a, like, you know... If you know someone, some sort of some of some have good stories, like a like a movie, you know, like a some of them are like horror movies, you know. Like there's one coming out soon that uh, I'm actually really interested in. Uh, like a, the setup, the marketing's been really good. I'm like a good horror movie. Curious about it. It's got Maz Mikkelsen in it. You know who that is? No, not yeah, even. Yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, I know that is. Danish guy. He's Nordic. He's got welfare. Okay. James Damore, that ring any bells? James Damore is the fellow who wrote the Google memo. I didn't actually read the memo, um, but I did read the headlines of some stories about the memo. So I gather it was about uh, evolutionary psychology and the bell curve and those sorts of things. Yeah, I remember when that came out, somebody was like, this demented Google employee just wrote a manifesto. You'll never guess what's in it. That was like, nah. I'll guess. <laughs> I didn't read it. I didn't read it. No, I didn't read it. Uh, so I can't even judge how bad it was. Um, so I don't know. My sense was that it was like men are better at math than women on the, you know. That's the, fair. Um, at like the top 1% or fair. something like that. You're a lot better at math than me. So based on our limited sample. Well, yeah, I don't think that's valid, though. I don't think that's a valid way to, to measure that. You are, though. Um, yeah, but it's not about... Kevin D. Williamson. Kevin D. Williamson. <clears throat> what was he put to death for? Um, well, I don't really know. I guess it was for his, his um, execution stuff about abortion and hanging people. He said that women should be put to death by hanging for abortion. Yeah, it was really convoluted. I mean, he's just like, was just... I, I, I mean, I feel like he's just kind of a provocative troll kind of figure, um, which is not to say it doesn't believe some of it, but it's hard to figure out where the troll ends and where the, you know, you know, when your whole thing is owning the libs, you know, it's, it starts to get really muddled really quickly what, you know, where the lines are. I heard rumors uh, during his expulsion from the Atlantic that one time he was giving a speech at a college and he brought you up specifically. That is not a rumor. I've seen the speech. We put some sad violin music under it at one point and put it on YouTube. And I don't know where it's gone. I, the, it's off of YouTube now. What was your um, offense against him? He says that I made, a, made up a tweet about him. I made up a quote and attributed it to him. And he kind of... <laughs> and he views that as like a great harm against him. And it brings it up all the time. And it was even brought up in the Wall Street Journal piece that he wrote about his termination. And it's like one of the funniest 
situations ever because like the the tweet was was a was a satire of of how like kind of over the top his language is yeah and and it was about Donald Sterling the LA Clippers I remember that. owner and it was it's at the okay the you know Donald Ster- oh, Donald Sterling fits into this yeah, theme yeah. as well because he had said something racist Some about Magic, Magic Johnson or something yeah and. I said, oh, the anti-racist Gestapo are lacing up their jackboots to come for Donald Sterling. And attributed it to him. <clears throat> that does sound like him. Yeah. But it does, I mean, it does, but in a, in a, in it's a, unfortunate it's a it sounds thing. like him because I'm trying to parody him, but there's not, you, you know, you present the most extreme, wild statement you could, and someone's like, wait. Did he say that? Is that real? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't, you can't do better than him. It's like the, what is like a pose law type thing. Um, so you're very, you're very dangerous in your acts of parody because of your like, I guess your your talent for repetition. You know, you like to repeat noises and things. You like to echo things. You're very good at it. Yeah. Well, like, what does that have to do with? I was just making conversation. Oh. I'll just move on to the next one. Uh, Roseanne. Roseanne, she's made some remarks. She, this was kind of a baffling tweet, honestly. The, the whole Muslim Brotherhood and the film franchise, Planet of the Apes, how could they have a baby, Roseanne? Yeah. That many people. In well, there. here's another one where I actually don't even know who Valerie Jarrett is. Valerie Jarrett is an Obama White House. I person. know. I've seen her name over and over again. I've never bothered to figure out what it is. She, she she's does. only an obsession to people who are into like QAnon and all. I know it's got to be yeah. like super obscure conspiracy like stuff that she picks up on like weird web forums mm-hmm. because I don't even know what she does. Her I father like ran a hospital for children overseas, and so because of this, all the conspiracy theorists have concluded she has ties. To like international Arab terrorism or something. Well, you know, I, I so I don't even know the, the theories, but I guess that that's as good as any. Um, but it's, yeah, it's but, it, but it, yeah, but it's it's just a it's just a weird obsession. I mean, it's like I, it's a bizarre racialized obsession. The... It was it's not significant. It's total nonsense. Didn't make any sense at all. And so then Roseanne says that she was actually just loopy on Ambien. Yeah. And then she. What is Ambien? Is that a sleep thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, yeah, like it's supposed to help you sleep. But then sometimes if you wake up, and you're 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 technically awake, but this stuff is sort of like you know working on your brain. You're a little bit out of it. You know what I mean? Have you ever yeah. t- have you ever taken a sleep? No, drug? I've never taken a sleep aid. Um, but yeah, that's you know obviously it doesn't make sense. How do these thoughts come to you? <laughs> but I mean, well, but that's like it's, the next, it's, it's an uninhibitor. It's, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the next it's like Joy Reid's hacker or whatever, right? It's Is that of, you, by the way? It's sort of bizarre. Are you the Joy Reid hacker? No, you know, I'm, I'm not that good. Have you it. done any uh, snooping in your IRC Linux back channels to try to figure out who it is? Who's placing all these bomb ass posts saying 9-11 was an inside job? <laughs> no, I, I haven't tried to figure out who... You what know, if I there's two the one, separate hackers and one of them placed all the bad posts and one of them placed all these kick-ass posts? <laughs> I think her, her, her tech security guy, the at WVU alpha soldier, <laughs> he said that he did a dark web search and found her yeah. blogspot login info. Um, so, you know, maybe it could have it happened. I don't know. Login.joyanreed.tor. Yeah, I mean, it would have had to have happened ten years ago, though, given when the when the <laughs> when the archives were captured. Back um, in two thousand eight, when the economy was dissolving, my number one priority was placing Compromat and Joyan Reed's blog spot. Yeah, putting it on the blog spot, or alternatively, <laughs> hacking the web archive. And I was putting like, it on that. I was um, like, in Russia, like this is my insurance policy. <laughs> you know, some people are really patient. I, I can almost believe it because I, you know, I have quite a bit of patience in in terms of you know plans, long term plans. But I don't know if I could be that patient. I mean, they also had to predict changing political tides and things like that. that it's like it's really like a difficult. type of hack you would do where you forget you had it. You'd be, it's to be like uh, like the Marie Kondo, like you know, clean up everything and throw it out if it doesn't bring you joy. You'd be like, I forget I even had this hack. I'm just throwing it out. It no longer brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, maybe it was done incidentally. Yeah. And then, oh, wow, this is very interesting. This hack is no longer even meaningful uh, to me. And then people found it. And then maybe the hacker himself doesn't remember he did it. Yeah, okay, I could see that. You it was know. just sort of having some fun. Let's put a John McCain pick on Chosun. So this is just like a big explosion of liquid modernity. She's not sure if she did it. The hacker is no longer sure if he did it. It's just an amnesia troll. Yeah. Oh, I was reading a Daily Beast article today about inside sources at NBC and one I mean the big story is like a lot of staff were really worried about blah 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 but there was one paragraph that said there were other people on the staff very close to Joy who says they believe there was a hacker okay <laughs> okay all right I don't know we're in a gross did Joy was Joy hacked was Roseanne on Ambien I don't know does that excuse either of them I don't know was 9-11 an inside job well, of course it wasn't. I, don't, I have no idea. I have no idea. We're deep in a grove. I don't know anything anymore. That's true. I mean, people use that against her, but no one's even answered. Maybe she was right. You, you know, know what I'm saying? And I believe she was just doing it, just asking questions. She's posts. just raising questions. I just have questions about it. I mean, look at the trajectory of the, of the plane. Can jet fuel. That's one big problem. Melt steel beams. Can the jet fuel actually do that? And and how did they hit that Pentagon? That's a tough. That's a tough that's one. It's a tough target. I, I, I tried to do, do it on my 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 airplane simulator, and <laughs> I couldn't even do it on that. So I can find at least five or six people who got bachelor's degrees in architecture who are like, "No, nah, this totally couldn't work." No. And how how did they only knock over three light poles? Yeah. Was, I actually watched this movie when I was like. 13. Dude, we watched Lose um, Change like two weeks ago. No. You're shitting me. This was, yeah, it was like a few months ago. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I th Well, maybe we did. I think it's like, you know, Amazon's trying to build out its... Yeah, remember that? We saw it. We were like, oh my God, Loose Change is still around. Yeah, and they had like a version two. Yeah, yeah. Three. It was like a new edition. And we're way off track. All right, Sam B. Yeah, so Sam B. She said the c word basically. The c word. So I'm not. We're not. We can't even say the words. <laughs> I don't even know. What I don't. The rules I don't are. have it in me to I say. I don't know what the rules are. It just depends. Can I tell you? When I was in the United Kingdom, when I was in the United Kingdom, people said the c word in theology classes. Yeah, no, it's it's a thing over there. It's okay. They, no, it's just like a. They swear. I mean, it did. Well, it's just a different, different. You no, know, like, all, all slurs are culturally bound because it's just a noise that you know, coming out of your mouth all the meaning is socially uh, put on top of it so people talk oh, europe is like you know uh, paris is like the mother of new orleans and america is like this kind of virgin naive version of europe and you're like oh, that's bullshit america is just as bad but you're like no 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 america is much nine much more naive it's much weaker and you know you never realize this until you're in a theology lecture in a 600-year-old church and someone uses the C word. And you're like, I need to trigger the fire alarm no, but I, I, to I escape. It's, no, it's just different words mean different things, like in different societies. I don't even think, I don't think that's a good, I don't think that's a good proof for that claim because it doesn't have the, the same power over there. So you're using the American power of the word to evaluate it in the European context and being like, ooh, these guys are really out there. But like that doesn't. I don't think that so have to agree to disagree on that. It just, you know, I'm not an anthropologist, but I think it follows. I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't think it follows. I should say. So all these, uh, all these people, and including some of, uh, we have the old hits of people who said uh, said things that were disagreeable in public. And uh, what's interesting, you know, these include the Dixie Chicks, the Duck Dynasty lads. Mm -hmm. Who are people, not ducks. Duck Dynasty is about the people. Well, they're a duck dynasty. They're, they're a duck call dynasty. They right, sell right. duck they calls. Sell to kill ducks, actually. Yeah, I think the main purpose is to flush them out and, and shoot them. Right, so you go into it thinking this is going to be a show about a lineage of ducks and you get something drastically different. And then uh, Mozilla CEO Brandon Icke. Brendan Ike donated I, to yeah. Prop 8 or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, Directly, Prop 8 is yeah. another one of those funny, weird bits of history. Yeah. Because there were all these, I remember reading at the time, there was like, they, they showed like 55% of black voters like voted for Prop 8. And so there were all these articles that were like, you know, 
what do we do about this? And can we, can we, you know, and there was a lot of like liberal freakouts, you know, because conflicting allegiances. Yeah, like oh, well, you know, we don't want to. On the one hand, obviously, black people are very marginalized and oppressed in society. On the other hand, they voted for Prop 8 and the, what do we do about this and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, similar in some ways to, like, the white working class stuff, except um, the conclusions are the opposite. <laughs> the conclusions reached are, are opposite in those cases about what to do about it. So the, the interesting thing in, in all of these cases is how people responded and you always have kind of a line down the middle and you can see it very easily in the case of like Sam B right and you know we can kind of work our way up the list here but in Sam B the C word usually not something you would think folks on you know the center left would want to defend they didn't like it when people used it with regard to Clinton Remember, Trump people would be like... Oh, it's definitely an off-limits word in, like, almost all contexts. I mean, you know, even the B word is often off-limits, though. It's starting to shade back into popularity. But the C word is for sure beyond the pale in almost all situations. Yeah. I don't think I've ever actually heard you say the C word. It doesn't occur... I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not like, oh, I restrained myself. <laughs> I just That is not a thing that's ever been around anything. I, you know, my parents never used the word. I don't think I really heard it in school. I just, I just was never around any usage of that word, ever. Um, so it's like not even in the mental space. Did you ever hear it growing up? No, I just, no. No? Like, in, like you didn't hear it around other kids? No, that just wasn't a thing people said. I mean, it seems like it's a, kind of an archaic sound to me. It's yeah, like it's a, very Anglo-Saxon. Yeah, it's like a... It's like yeah. a Viking word. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> something you would read about like in 18th century. No, no, no. It, it actually appears in the Canterbury Tales multiple times. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of how it reads in my mind. Like, oh, they're doing the old slurs today. Like, <laughs> you know? Like... Foul V. Winch. Oh, the movie. Yeah, no, but there's always like weird slurs that you find from like 1910s menstrual shows. Or oh, whatever. you know, like, we've, oh we've, we've also had the F word for a really long time. That's a very ancient word. Yeah, I mean, it only feels ancient because I don't yeah. Yeah, hear yeah. it, um, obviously. Yeah. So. But, it, but the left actually, here, the center left anyway, came out in defense of Sam B. That's true, yeah. And, uh, and there were very elaborate. It's so elaborate, yeah. The defenses are always so elaborate um, in these kinds of cases. But also the, yeah, also the other side. I mean, all, all the all the arguments involved get super elaborate, really. Right, right. they become very ornate. Yeah, it's not like, oh, well... Like, here, here's the way you would probably do it if you were a normal person or you were an honest person. You'd be like, you know what? I like Sam B. She seems like a nice person. Mm -hmm. She seems to be on the right page, has some good opinions. Vanka, I don't really like her. She's not good. So I'm going to let it go. That would be like how a normal person would reason through it. But that is not a permissible way to reason right. in the discourse. You're supposed to come up with these like almost like legislative rules that like a right. judge could apply in every case. Yeah, so this is what we mean when we say procedural. Yes, procedural is a as is as opposed to substantive. Right, not so, related to the substance of the disagreement. Right, which is Ivanka versus B. Yeah, well, yeah, but I mean, it gets a little muddy sometimes figuring out what exactly is the substance. What exact? So in a lot of cases, it's like the substance is the is the word, or the substance is the claim, or the sub. But it the but the proceduralism, it like the idea is to come up with a set of rules that you can apply in all cases, regardless of who the actors are. Um, what circumstances. Circumstance, yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff, which, which makes it very legalistic, right? right? And, and, you know, that's how the law is supposed Ideally, to Ideally, it makes it fair. That's what you're aiming for, something that makes it neutral and fair. That's yes. the point of proceduralism. Like the rule of law. Right. It doesn't come from a bad place. It's, no, well... <laughs> One could argue. I, I, I don't know, in an individual 
case whether it comes from a bad Well, the place, urge to do it as a society doesn't come from like a malicious place. Oh, no, no, no. I don't I don't think so. I mean that the yeah, the idea is to set up a set of rules that people can follow and right. and and know that they're following the rules, right? right. So the ground doesn't shift from underneath. They're you. fair. They apply to um, everyone. Everyone gets the same rules. That keeps everyone equal. That's the idea of procedural type arguments. Yes. So yes. when we come upon incidents like this, where Roseanne says this, you know, racist thing that she said, you know, the procedural argument is pretty simple. You don't say racist shit. You just don't. Yes. You know? Well, and it's straightforward, right? And I mean, and the yeah, that would be one proceed. Well, that yeah, that would be one way of articulating the procedural. Yeah. And then, and then, the, and the the way that conservatives will try to counter argue is like, well, what about hip hop? And that's how that's why we have constant arguments over how come they can say the n word, but we can't. Yes, As well, they're right, trying right. to say that actually well, you your just procedures, refine, you just refine yeah. the procedure. Some so the the constant refining of the procedure, it, you know, that is common law, and mm-hmm. you know that's the way law is produced by judges right and so in there it's like well at first uh you know don't say you know a racist thing uh well okay don't say a racist thing unless you have a specific identity right so it's an intern it's you you, you inhabit the identity that you're using the racist thing for okay don't well even in that case don't say it if you have other kinds of privileges that might you know so and it sort of constantly evolves so that all the cases that you want to sort into the bucket of that's okay I like that and the ones that you want to sort into the I don't like that you build a super complicated web of rules that sort the and reach the conclusions you want to reach um, right uh, eventually if the procedural cases are not necessarily being made in good faith you come up with this impossibly elaborate right. uh, form of uh, you, this impossibly elaborate web of procedures that is in fact no different than just asking you in every occasion, can I do this? Oh yes, well, well yes. So that's one route it can go, is super, super elaborate, um, such that the set of rules might as well just be a list of all the cases that you've ever... Right. You know, like, well, if you're on list A, then you're through. If you're on list yeah. B, you're not... Uh, just a list of people I like and don't like. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it gets into for the, for the more philosophically minded, the like problems with rule utilitarianism and act utilitarianism where rule utilitarianism can where you're supposed to create rules that maximize utility as opposed to like every act you have to determine right. if it maximizes utility but then of course like wise guys will say well you can just can you know continue to write and rewrite the rules and then that just collapses into act utilitarianism right. because you could create a set of rules that only say right you know and it's a similar kind of thing here. But like the even more ridiculous way that the procedural um, move operates is you spin out a whole like body of process for every case that happens. Yeah. And then, and then of course, a new case happens and you have a whole brand new body of process. Right, you scrap the old one. Yes, yeah, so it's not even that the old one is being modified like over time. Right. It's just like, no, we have, I have a whole you know, book of statutes that I write fresh every single instance. And that that seems to be the more common way it goes. So you have the James Damore thing and the same people who are defending James Damore saying people should never be removed from their jobs for, you know, having an opinion or, you know, making a statement are now saying Sam B should be taken off TBS for degrading women. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think the best way to kind of go at it is to like put two examples head to head and be like, okay, really try to find me a distinction that you're not just completely making up because you want to reach right. different conclusions. So like the Sam B versus Roseanne case clash is perfect because it really does, they really are very tightly similar. Yeah. Right, because you have Roseanne saying a thing that's clearly racist, mm-hmm. and she should lose her show for that. Yeah, yeah, and she's saying it about a White House figure. Uh-huh. All right, here we have Ivanka, also a White House figure. Yeah, 
we have a thing that's sexist right. should be disqualified. A similar level of severity, the word right. uses. Um, and so what's the difference? What is the difference between them? Now, one move you could make, though I haven't quite seen this, is to be like, well, Sam B is a woman. Right. Um, so she's sort of within her rights. Yeah, but I haven't seen that move, oddly. Um, that could be one way you could go. Um, I find it hard to believe that that would actually motivate anyone. Like, like well, I, I've, I've articulated the problem here before as saying, you know, if I had to create a model to predict what people's opinions mm -hmm. are in a given case, yeah. the model would have one variable, and that is, like, do you agree with the person? Right, exactly, exactly. And, and I, I w it would predict 99% of opinions, whereas a model that actually tried to use these procedural hoops to assign right. cases would predict 2 3%. Maybe. So at the end of the day, whether you think Roseanne should lose her show or Sam B should lose her show or both or neither or one or the other is going to have a lot more to do with your political views pre-existing either incident, whether you like Trump, hate Trump, are liberal, lean conservative, uh, than whatever you think about free speech as a standalone principle or whatever, right? And it's not that there aren't people who are super committed to these standalone principles. There just aren't very many of them. Yes, you do have, there definitely are some people out there, but yeah, very few, um, very few. And so instead, you're treated to just completely bewildering brand new process arguments all the time. The People. NFL has its own cottage industry of process arguments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that's the boss. Well, I wrote about that. Yes. Yeah. Um, or in this case, there was one with where uh, there was an argument that was saying, "Well, the the difference is that Sam B. She is speaking up for the marginalized. She is speaking up for the oppressed, and so on." Mm. And <laughs> whereas Roseanne is the opposite. Blah blah blah. And you're like, wait, so. So it, it just who you happen to be speaking on behalf of? Did 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 immigrants elect Sam B, their spokesperson? Right. And I <laughs> did mean, did immigrants say I would like Sam B to call Ivanka Trump the c word? Is she, I mean, how does she? She's getting to tap in to oppressed people, in a, like she. She's getting to claim an oppressed identity for herself as a. For certain behaviors. Yeah, but like, I mean, remember, that wasn't, a, you know, I mean, we don't need to, it goes without saying that wasn't allowed during the primaries when certain people were saying, hey, Bernie's single payer plan will absolutely transform the lives of millions and millions of extremely poor people. Oh, yeah. So why can't we call Hillary names if we're speaking for people who are severely disenfranchised? Right, right, right. Normally, that it, wasn't it, allowed. Then. It's only the identity of the speaker. Yeah. So if it were an immigrant person who called her the c word, then usually that's a common move. Right. You'd be like, well, that's an immigrant, and Ivanka Trump's the daughter of right. someone who's you know I don't even know how that works because she's one step removed from right, right. <laughs> um, but but normally that would be a thing you could do. Um, and but if that was the case, then yeah, saying some you know speaking on behalf of welfare mothers, uh, well then then I become a quasi welfare mother and get to you know all the yeah. privileges that come with but that. But it doesn't even it doesn't even make any sense or help anything to say well why wasn't this allowed then because we all know these procedural arguments aren't real. Yes. It doesn't help. It only muddles the argument to start saying, well, why doesn't this procedural argument apply here? Do not indulge them, folks. Don't do it. It only, because you're engaging in an argument that's not real to begin with. Yes, no, it's, it's fake. And I, I, sometimes I wonder, you know, how much of this is understood by the person themselves. Because yeah. you definitely, there are some cynical operators, but there also seems to be a tier slightly below the cynical operators who really do like convince themselves in every case that they have some like golden distinguisher for why this one's okay, but that other one is not okay. Yeah. And I've, there's some people I've seen who will write literally tens of thousands of words. And like at the end of it, you're, you're like, just your eyes are glazed over as they're trying to tell you why it's okay to block this speaker, but not that yeah. speaker. Um, but yeah, but I mean, you have an interesting sort of take on like where this is all coming from and what, why people feel inclined to not just go, well, you know, I like Sam B, I don't like Ivanka, so. Yeah, and why for, do I for the record, for the record, 
I think I like Samantha B. I don't like Ivanka. I think that's a perfectly fine opinion. That's a totally honest opinion. Say I mean, it. it's, it's, you know, if that's what you think. Say, um, I think Sam B should keep her show because I like her and I agree with her opinions. And I think that Roseanne should not because I don't like her racist opinions and I think racism is bad. And that's the difference. And that's my substantive belief. That is a hundred times more honest than trying to, sorry, those are my nails clicking. I was making a good, a good point. There's a hundred times more honest than anything you might say about, well, you see, one was a form of a highly principled free speech and, and the other wasn't. Yes. It's like, uh, just don't even bother. Don't just bother be honest it. about your substantive moral view. Here's what's going on. Here's my hot take. Take is hot, so prepare yourself. I think that liberalism, and I appreciate you listening to me go on about this all the time, but liberalism, essentially, uh, one of the requirements of deliberating in public, because everybody has these different uh, substantive beliefs, right? Everybody has different, what Rawls called comprehensive doctrines. And these are just kind of overarching, all-consuming moral beliefs, right? Ways of looking at the universe and determining what is the ultimate good, the summum bonum, the highest good truth. Everybody has different ones in a liberal society because we're pluralist, right? People have the right to have their own religions, and so everyone has these different doctrines that they subscribe to. So the problem is that in a society like that, when it comes time to deliberate about political issues, it's hard for people to communicate with one another because they have very, very different ways of evaluating what is good. So what we come up with is what Rawls called public reason. Public reason is just this set of things we can all agree on as making a certain amount of sense. And we kind of filter our logic through the language of public reason. So when we go into the public sphere to deliberate about politics, we kind of speak this different language. We communicate about what we believe to be good and true in the language of public reason. So while I might think, oh, uh, you know, XYZ is good for these, you know, esoteric moral reasons that I believe in, but I know are not fully embraced by other members of my society, I will say, I think that XYZ is good because it achieves uh, more freedom and, uh, and uh, it, it meets the objectives of our First Amendment. And these are values that we all agree on. This is public reason. I think that proceduralism comes out of an effort at public reason. I think it is people trying to argue with each other in a way where they can kind of meet on shared ground. Like, no one can disagree with my trying to argue in favor of free speech or fairness. Right. You, you often see it in, uh, uh, articulated as like, well, people can disagree about A, B, or C, but we can all agree X, Y, Z. Right. And that A, B, and C is a substantive thing, and the X, Y, Z is a procedural thing. Right. Uh, and so that's sort of that's like a very explicit right uh, um, form of what you're talking about. So the 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 effort is to be like substantively. This isn't about Trump. This isn't about Obama. This isn't even about Sam B or Roseanne. This is about truth. It's about free speech, or it's about uh, oppressed people. oppressed people right. speaking truth to power. Right. Power differentials. Power differentials. Like, yeah. I mean, what are the people arguing in Roseanne's favor saying? It's about free speech, right? Uh, I mean, well, it's about the freedom of speech. Well, what they do, and this is a funny thing, like, in fact, the way almost, I would say about 80% of, of the way these arguments unfold these days is people, the way the supporters of the bad person respond is by making the completely accurate accusation that the other side would not respond to a similar uh, set of circumstances if the identity of the person involved was different. Right, right. Like, that's the whole Sam B move. It's really is more of a performative way of being like, you only do this because Roseanne's a Trump supporter. That's the only reason you do it. Right. And we know this because here's an identical situation where the person's not a Trump supporter and you don't do it. But then the liberals will do the opposite one. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever watched Fox News, and I used to watch it all the time, yeah. this is sort of how 
almost like 80% of like Sean Hannity's segments That's right, go. that's right. They're all resentment. Yeah, I guess I should say segments. it's a hypocrisy. That's yeah. what the side says. They says you're doing hypocrisy because right. you wouldn't do this. Your procedural arguments don't actually right. pan out. Imagine if this person, like a big one they'll do on, um, on Hannity is they'll be like, imagine if this person was a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or imagine if this person, you know, imagine this person was like you. How would the libs respond? Well, they wouldn't like that because libs don't want to accommodate uh, Christian religious viewpoints. Yeah, they'll get like yeah. feminists doing like public art projects that are like, I hate men. And they'll like get 10 panelists on to fantasize about what if it was a man saying, I hate women. Right. Or what if it was a Christian saying, I hate Muslims. Yeah. Like they go like way, like yeah. not even a direct, they're just like trying to get into their, the particular, like, anxieties yeah. and paranoias of their audience. Of that hippocampus. Um, but, but, and but, it goes both ways, though. But I, mean, I, but I think that, I, I, I think that's, like, an unfortunate way to spend your time, but I think they've happened upon, they're pushing a particular button, and that is that in the world of public reason, where all of these procedural arguments are obscuring substantive beliefs, people know they're being lied to all the time. Oh, yeah, being in the discourse, being in the cultural discourse especially is is you know what what it's like being at a at a used car dealership or something like just the being, person comes out and you know they're not telling you the truth just being bullshitted constantly yeah it's just yeah bullshitting is a perfect word for it it's like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. oh and this person too and it's like two people are yapping at each other saying things neither one of them believes or that's not the full story on what they believe <laughs> yeah or it's, yeah or they might even believe they believe and that's the problem cases, with public right? reason is because what you're going to get to express in public is so far detached from what you actually believe, which may just be notional or impulsive, you have very little reason to focus on and develop and truly understand what you substantively believe. And every reason to focus on and develop these bullshit procedural stories that you're allowed to tell in the public domain, which is a crazy imbalance because you're lying to yourself and you're lying to everyone else. There's this dual opacity. Yes. You don't know what's going on inside you. You don't know much about what you actually substantively believe. And you also know a ton about stuff you don't actually believe. Right, right. There, yeah, there's a, definitely an arrested development of thought if you like get into the public discourse game too early because the only thing you're allowed right. to do in that is these like BS procedural things. But like the thing that I think is interesting about it or, or you know, one of the things I think is interesting is the, it's, you know, the, the idea of using public reason is in part to kind of like calm people and soothe people. It's like, yeah. oh, well, we'll use this common language of process about speech and rights and blah, blah, blah. Right, and keep these really hot things yeah. out of the public But sphere. like, <laughs> because everyone knows because that everyone else is lying, right. the whole thing, like, it actually doesn't solve the problem at all because now you just have everyone just like paranoid and pissed that they that their arguments are being met with shell arguments that you know they don't actually even get to converse with someone like like you just right. replace just raw grudging of irreconcilable differences with like the raw grudging of people are lying to me all the time and I'm paranoid about the fact that no one's telling me what they really right. think right and so the conservatives and I can't say what I really think the conservatives say they think we're stupid, they're elitist, they're never going to say what they really think about us. And the liberals say they're irrational, they're, you know, basically uh, like mystical. It's impossible to know what they really think. They don't believe facts. Right. They just have stories because no one's telling the truth, right? Yeah. Everyone's or, or, lying. Or, 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 or yeah, or, or the way the paranoia often plays out is just everything is concealing an underlying bias. Yeah. And so... The right wing will be like, oh, they're giving us all these beautiful arguments about speech and freedom and the individual will and so on. In reality, they just think that we're podunk, rednecks. Right. They don't like Christianity. Right. They don't like, you know, the culture of white people and, or, you know, especially working class white people, right. trailer trash, blah, blah, blah. And then on the other side, liberals are like, oh, yeah, okay, Ben Shapiro is telling us this story about free speech and so on. But, but he really hates women. He really he yeah. hates gays. He, he hates people, racial minorities. Uh, yeah. 
And so it's like, yeah, everyone just is biased. They just have biases and they just paper over it with... Um, and like that's what everyone believes in the discourse simultaneously. So it just leads to this cycle of provocation and retribution where no one's telling the truth, so we're not actually doing political deliberation. We're no. just yelling at each other nonstop. There's no deliberation. There's a, yeah. there's, a, there's a layer of people who do fake deliberation, and then everyone else who's just like, you guys are lying, you just hate me for who I am. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, pure resentment. And like partially it's probably the case that at least a good bit of it is people just hating people for who they are. But... But also it's probably the case that the fact that you have to lie constantly uh, really breeds paranoia in, yeah. in your interlocutor. Right, because if you know you're lying, you know everyone else is. I well, mean, you know that, and yeah, yeah and occasionally people will slip up or you can yeah. find someone. Um, but yeah, you, you know they're not telling the truth, you know, you start to come up with theories as to why they're not telling the truth, and usually those theories you know, are the most self-serving and tend to paint them in the worst light, right. which in this case means they hate me for who I am and that sort of thing, right. uh, which again is true in some cases, but this like especially breeds paranoia about that being the case. Yeah, I, I think it's an unhealthy situation. The way that I, I, I'm not sure how to fix it on a large scale. What I do is, I mean, I tell the truth about what I think, uh, right down to the brass tacks. And I think about what I really think a lot. I mean, so that's why my Twitter feed sucks so bad. Because I'm always thinking about right down to the foundations of like, why does the world exist? And like, what is material creation? Yeah, I mean, I think you just have to be reflective, right? right? I mean, that's the key, the key word, not to like do mindset, you know, hacking or whatever, but you, you have to ask yourself, am I being self-delusional when my mind immediately shoots for, well, this is different because there's a power differential and blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, actually, I don't care about uh, the, you know, I don't endorse this speaker's views. I just support free speech or whatever. Like, when your mind moves in that direction, you need to take a step back and be like, well, would I support that if they said something else? Would I support that? Like, is that really what's going on? Yeah. Come on, let's be honest with myself. Am I, is that really what's going on? And, you know, I do that with myself and, like, Usually if I do it, I'm like, no, no, that's not really what I'm, what's also, going yeah, on. And yeah. so I'll often just not say anything yeah. or I might be like, mm, you know, I don't know. I don't like this person. Yeah, that's what I said about it. I was like, they can have Bill Maher and Sam B. I, I find them unfunny. <laughs> right. right, it's easy for us to, well, <laughs> well, that's part of the thing. Right? It's easy for us to talk about this whole thing because like literally everyone on the list. I find un yeah, is yeah. someone I don't really care that much about, right? James Damore, Kevin D. Williamson, yeah. NFL, I mean, I don't know, whatever. It's football, Roseanne, Joy Reed, Sam B. Like I just I don't have a strong I don't I don't wish anybody ill. I don't I don't, no, I don't wish them ill, but I don't like I don't have the visceral thing that really like gets you going and like, oh I need to defend this. I don't have anything against I don't anything for them. I mean it's just these are figures in the media. I mean I you know, everybody deserves to have uh, Right. But there probably dignity. are figures, I guess I would say, that are if they were closer to us where yeah. we might start making Who would you completely burdens. kamikaze and abandon all your principles for just to rescue? Ralph Nader? Uh, yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't a bit, but yeah, I mean, Nader might be someone who, like, definitely, if an argument is going, gets me thinking in ways like this, yeah. that's sort of dishonest, like, let me hit you with an argument kind of thing. Me? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would. I mean... No, I feel like if I was wrong, you'd just be like, Lewis has some shitty opinions. Well, it just depends <laughs> on, it depends on what's going on. I mean, realistically... Defending people online is not a good idea. No, it's never. It doesn't help no, at all. It I mean, help. maybe in certain circumstances, like if you're defending a, if you're a really prominent public figure and you're trying yeah. to send a me message yeah. to other people that this person is good, like uh, okay. But like for me, I'm not at that level. So a final, I think a final note here, uh, from me at least, is uh, I think this whole attacking people online and trying to get them fired thing sucks. And honestly, the more time I spend online, the more I'm getting radicalized against it. I think it sucks. I really think it sucks. I think it sucks. I hate it. Yeah. I mean... I hate it. I mean, I know that some of these people are very wealthy and they're, they're going to be fine. But I still, I mean, especially when it happens to, like, normal people. Yeah, normal people. I really people, hate it. That's a good distinction. I mean, yeah, I don't care... Really, I mean, I've never been inclined to call for someone's termination, like 
and I, I don't know if that's a working class thing or if that, but it's, or it's just really just not taking stuff seriously thing. Yeah, I think both of us have that problem where we're like, in some sense, we're still like hanging out in a cafeteria between matches in a debate tournament. Yeah. Somewhere in our minds. Like, oh, like, I mean, if you look at it the right way, like the Roseanne tweet, because it's so out of she's just so out of her mind she's like clearly unwell right like she's like she's clearly nuts and you're like this is like hilarious in the sense that Roseanne like there's an like legitimately out of her mind like paranoid conspiracy <laughs> like grandma on here saying stuff she used an equal sign yeah. and then used initials her initials like how many people know VJ, VJ. equals Valerie Jarrett VJ is in her mind is Get Valerie Jarrett, whoever that is. She's like legit a MAGA nana. <laughs> She's a MAGA nana, and so I look at it and I'm like, this is this this kind of rules because it's so it's so bizarre, funny and weird. Um, it's a spectacle. Yes, it is a spectacle, and so I, I my I don't have my initial response is that of uh, humor as opposed to outrage, I guess, and so I don't. Well, yes, I understand Valerie Jarrett has been through very different experiences in her life, and and of course, any people of color have probably endured very different interactions with that kind of language than I have. But at the same time, the the normal people, normal people are different. Roseanne will be fine, right? She's going to be okay. But but normal people getting just savaged online. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, I'm, this is, I'm getting into my online pacifist phase right now. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's a point to be made, you know, as, as much as I think that everyone is basically lying about their procedural views, that does not also mean that there shouldn't be procedural views, that, yeah, that yeah. you shouldn't That's in right. some cases try to adopt, you know, like we should try to cultivate these. Um, and, you know, obviously as someone who has a labor background, I was a labor lawyer for many years and so on, like I have a very Until strong... Until you started tweeting, man. I have a very strong, you know, <laughs> sense of like, well, wait a minute, you know, these workers, like work is not the kind of, I guess another way to, I guess a way to put it is people treat work as like a privilege. No. <laughs> it is not that because it yeah. sucks. It's like yeah. awful. Yeah. Um, but also it's necessary for society and right. also to get income, at least, you know, at this point in time. Um, and so, you know, you let people work. And you want them to work, and even if they're like really bad people, like bad people need to work, and yeah. they need to produce for society. If not for themselves, then for the elderly and disabled who depend upon them. Right. You know, um, you know, because that's how our social system works. Is, right. is that's how they, they have a role in society. Yeah, and so you know, you probably should in you know try in most cases to be like oh okay e even if this person is way out there leave them alone in their job in the workplace yeah, yeah let them go and you know i mean if you believe for instance let's say if you look at some of these polls that you see from time to time with liberals who try to figure out like what percent of the country is racist and you know the polls are always i always find them kind of weird because the question you know no one will admit to being racist so that's problem one or at least very few people so they use these proxies to try to figure out if you're racist but like the proxies are also like not great but nonetheless you might say well a third of the society is racist like maybe even more than that okay well so so should should 50 million people come out of the labor force no <laughs> I mean, we'd have the biggest recession in history if you took all the racists out of out of the labor force. Um, you know, like it's just something you have to think about, like pragmatically. What you know, what are we going to do? We need to fix these problems. And it's, but... a, it's a thing where there's not an easy answer because you're like, well, people of color have to work with these people, and that's not pleasant either, right? And I mean, they're not right. saying that they shouldn't be counseled. Well, but it's across the board. Right. I mean, it's. You know, you're going to have people in any given workplace. I always remember some of these debates from, I guess there were like occasional stories you'd see where it was like, this neo-Nazi stocked shelves at a store or whatever. And people were like, he should be fired. And and then I'm, I'm like, okay. I mean, I kind of get the point that you're like, well, you know, you wouldn't want to work with a neo-Nazi. But then I'm also like, well, I also wouldn't want to work with someone who thinks that uh, Medicaid shouldn't be expanded. <laughs> like, I really wouldn't. Like, yeah. you literally are killing poor people. Your opinion is poor people should die right. from lack of medicine. Like, tens of thousands. You want to, like, 
kill over time hundreds of thousands, millions of poor people without for for being poor and not being able to afford medicine. That's your view, and I got to work with you every day. Um, you know, I mean, like you could go all over the place on that kind of thing. So, like, you know, the basic, you know, you, you should try to basically say the workplace is not a is not a battleground for for these sorts of things. It's a it's sort of like you know the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone needs to go to the bathroom. Right. Everyone races have to have to pee. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, this is an essential function of society. Yeah. And to the extent that we're trying to ch- to change people and change society, this is just not a not a real location. Like you wouldn't say, "Hey, well, what if we pass a rule to where racists couldn't use the bathroom or something?" You'd be like, Ugh, I don't know that. That doesn't mean that everybody deserves to have every job. No, right. So I mean, the, yeah. One one way you could kind of uh, uh, wind up in the middle is to say that you know, jobs need to be, um, if if the job really has as a honestly like bona fide occupational qualification that you hold certain kinds of views or behave certain kinds of ways, like it's legitimately necessary for the kind of product you're doing, then, you know, you could start bringing in that sort of stuff. But if it's not, and it really is, you know, disconnected, um, then, you know, as a kind of, again, as a labor lawyer sort of bias, I'd say don't, you know, just don't bother with it and, and try to, you know, you have other avenues to try to fix these kinds of things. That I think that that would be a good thing to adopt instead of people trying to use the boss you know the boss as a vector of you know discipline in society yeah, don't try to use people's bosses to discipline them that would just be my tip i don't know yeah don't know. you just engage people i mean just yell at them online yeah <laughs> well yeah no that's the yeah if you want to make someone's life miserable just just tell them they're awful all the time like there are very easy ways to like you know censure someone or just like um, tweet at them like once like this is the dumbest thing i've ever heard and then let them go I know millions of people out there, you know. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I don't have the stomach for it, and I don't think it's useful, and it's sort of weird. And I'm, know. I'm becoming a real squish in my old age. I gotta admit, I really, the older I get, I, I can't, I can't do it. I can't stand it anymore on Twitter. I'm sorry, this podcast is becoming a real downer. We should just cut it out. Yeah, we could cut this. We part. should, yeah, we should just, we should just cut this whole thing off right now. You want to edit the... No, we should just turn it off. Oh, okay. All right, bye, everyone. I'm going to finish it. All right. All right, see you later. Bye, guys.